It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Boston Celtics shooting is broken, so how can they fix it? Will a trade help? I got Keith Smith on to talk about that right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. So high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama. Oh my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day, part of your daily routine Monday through Friday. Fresh episodes daily and free everywhere podcasts exist. Also on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube page. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal and I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, available now wherever books are sold online. Today's episode of Lockdown Celtics is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it, and I'm loving the conversation I just had with Keith Smith of Spot Track and Celtics Blog. We got into some of the game against the Atlanta Hawks where the Celtics lost, partially because they couldn't hit a damn thing. So how can they fix the shooting? Keith and I get into an extended discussion about trades, potential use of the traded player exception, uh, ways they can use it, all that different stuff. So let's get right into the discussion here with Keith Smith. All right, Keith, thanks for hopping back on again. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's uh, I've got no fiery, angry rants for you today. So I'm, uh, that that might be welcome, might not be welcome. We'll see. I just we were just chatting here before, and I you know joking around like. All right, let's talk some basketball. And you're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm actually not going to be negative. So, uh, you know, let's. I, I'm I'm very curious. I have no idea how to set this up, but you're you're positive about stuff. I am a little bit. I I think the team has found something in the last let's call it two three weeks. Uh, last night the wheels kind of came off a little bit defensively, but no Robert Williams, end of a road trip, That those kind of things almost always pop up at some point. And I think it would feel a lot less worse if they were, let's say, 11-4. and four. No one would have really cared. It would have been like, oh, well, it happened. So I think they found a defensive identity. I think they're playing really well on that end of the floor. I think some of the offensive things should hopefully be alleviated if uh when not if but when Jalen Brown gets back I think that's going to help things quite a bit so I, I'm not super down I'm also by no means am I here to be like hey book those finals tickets for for June or anything <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to try to sell that to people but but I don't think it's as bad as it maybe seems and it's certainly for me not as bad as it seemed in the season's first week or so 
Yeah, like let's let's be realistic here. Like this, we maybe maybe this will be the title of the show. We're being realistic about about the Celtics. And yes, you can go back through a few of these games and say, you know, if a couple of things break a couple of different ways, then the the Celtics aren't you know, a game under five hundred. They're a couple of games over five hundred. And and that's those are the breaks of of the season, right? Like they they have the ability to be good, but they have to play well to be good. I mean, this, this kind of is, you know, to borrow the, the classic sports phrase, they are who we thought they were. Right? <laughs> like, are, yeah. is that not really how this is shaping up? We knew shooting was going to be a problem. It's a problem. We knew they're going to hang their head on, hang their hats on defense. That's what they're doing. We knew if either Jalen or Jason were to miss any time, they'd kind of be screwed and here they are, Jalen's missing some time, and they're really struggling to handle the offense without him there. This is this is the Boston Celtics. We should not be surprised by any of these results, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think I think we maybe, if you were optimistic and hopeful, you thought there might be a way that they might score a little easier. Maybe they'd have a little bit more creation and in those kind of things. And that just hasn't really come, come to pass. So, so that part, I, I know, you know, uh, Ime Doka told us the other day, he's now focused on the offense. He, he had spent his uh, time early in the season trying to get the defense ironed out and feels good about that. So now he's turned his attention to the offense and, and I'm going to give that a little bit of a pass until Jalen gets back. Let's see what that looks like then. But I think the the reality is for this team is they're going to struggle offensively. But if you can hold teams right around 100 points, you ought to be able to find your way up over 100 points per game uh, with the talent you have, especially when Tatum and Brown are both uh, in the game. There's a lot of the same issues as far as the late game offense is kind of messy. Late game rebounding is still a challenge. But I don't see that might have been the last time I was on with you where we were both just completely frustrated with the, here we go again, with the lack of effort conversations. Yes. That seems to be gone now. They, and they, they, even last night, I think their um, mistakes defensively were mistakes of commission versus omission. Uh, I right. think they were, they were they, some scheme stuff didn't work in the first half, and then they went away from it. They stopped doubling Trey. They went to more of a show and recover uh, defense. I think that helped them a little bit. And then the Hawks just—I mean—they've got some guys. If you let them out of the box, they're gonna—they're gonna hit shots on you. You're gonna be in trouble. So I, I'm not—I'm not as troubled by this team as I was maybe a few weeks ago when it really started to look like here we go again with this same kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like like I, I didn't come out of last night's uh, loss like disappointed at all like I didn't I I thought at some point during the first half I was like geez the Hawks are just better right now the Hawks <laughs> if the are gonna win this game they're really gonna have to do something like they're gonna have to play above their heads because this Hawks team the way they were playing just better than the Celtics team that was on the floor yeah again give them Jalen give them Rob and and you, you we are so funny like just as a as a group people will say like they'll really get down on the team. It's, oh God, you, you know, this and that. And, you know, but when you're watching another game, say it was whatever Kings and Nuggets. And if the Nuggets were missing two of their starters, you'd be like, yeah, well, they were just missing a couple of guys. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yep. We're very easy to, to, to like, like, ah, they were missing a couple of starters. Like, what, what are you going to do without Murray and Jokic? Like, of course you're going to lose to the Kings. 
But yeah. the Celtics lose without Rob, who is extraordinarily important, and Jalen, who is their best player this season so far. And you know, people are like, I don't care. You still need to win. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. But completely agreed. I, I was looking at that game thinking like, yeah, the Hawks, the Hawks are playing way, way better. Bogdanovich hitting shots. It started with the defense, the, the effort, like you said, the effort was there. To me, they just couldn't contain any pick and roll action. Yep. They were just slow. They, they their, their doubles weren't tight enough. Um, and then when they tried to overcompensate, they fouled. They they let Trey get through. And even though he shot poorly, I don't even actually think he shot as poorly as it looked because he had like three logo shots that he tried to yeah. take that missed. Every other like normal shot, a logo shot is kind of normal for Trey. <laughs> but, um, uh, but the other like regular shots that he took, he was um, he, he was like four of what was it four of eight from or four of six from inside the you know, and two pointers. So he when he got past the defense and then the eleven assists, I thought they they did a great job. Trey did a great job breaking down the Celtics defense again. Yeah. They tried, it didn't work out. I'm not discouraged by the loss necessarily. I'm discouraged by the fact that no one can hit a shot. Like no yeah. one on the Celtics can hit a shot. You fi- and you finally got Tatum and you get the outlier performance from Grant Williams and no one else can hit a damn shot. Let's, let's look at these three point percentages here for this season. Uh, after that last game, um, <laughs> they're bad. They're, they are bad. Wow. Um, so, Romeo Langford, let me do the totals because those are more, those are better. Um, Romeo Langford is really the leader on anybody who's played like a significant amount of games, but he's only nine of 20. So you go to Grant Williams, who's 20 of 49 for 41%. But he had a stretch of like nine games where he couldn't hit a shot. So he was Mm -hmm. like super hot, barren, super, super hot. So that's still not great. Jalen at 39.7. And then you get to Schroeder. At thir- just under 33%. Then you get to Tatum at 32.5. Richardson at 32.4. I mean, there are the, sh- the shooting per- percentages to start the season are god awful. And Jalen, who's been hurt, is the only one who can hit a shot reliably. Back to get more into potential trades with Keith in just a moment. First, I got to tell you about Prize Picks. It is a daily fantasy game made easy. You are going to love it. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players, plus those bench players you can't find anywhere else, the guys that are recording only about a handful of minutes each game. So you can go pick up Prize Picks, offer, and they offer any prop you can think of. And if you deposit up to $100, you will get a $100, 100% instant match with the promo code NBA. So make your first deposit there, $100, up to $100. You'll get a 100% instant match with the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Very cool. Plus, Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on Jason Tatum and the under on Mac Jones in the Patriots game. So use the award-winning app on both App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Do not hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist and you can follow us on Spotify. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make one of the other Boston sports podcasts your second listen? We've got Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins. So plenty to talk about with all the other Boston sports. If you are a Boston sports fan, check out your favorite Locked On that it covers all Boston sports. There's even college, Boston College Eagles. So check it out everywhere podcasts exist. Also on YouTube. Let's continue now the discussion about the Celtics and potential trades that they could make here with Keith Smith. It's also too like like I look at a lot of times when when I'm looking into things like that. It's it's our well, what kind of threes are they generating? And they're generating a lot of good ones, a lot of open ones. Even last night, I, th- I want to say they were. Let me pull it up real quick. They were now. This is all. This isn't just three pointers. But they were 19 of 53 on on open shots last night. That includes like open to wide open shots. That's just bad. That that is you know really really bad. Vast majority of those three pointers. And and if you watch the game, it probably felt like they were down in the thirty percent on those. Because other than Tatum and Grant, it didn't feel like anybody was going to get one to go down. And in the then then the next thing you look at is like, all right, fine, guys, a bad bad shooter percentage wise. What's his volume? You get into the volume numbers, and the volume's pretty high for some of these guys. Even, you know, it feels super bad to pick on Al Horford about this because he's been so good in every other facet of the game. But he's taking four and a half three pointers per game, and he's shooting twenty eight percent, and that's only boosted because he's actually hit a few in the last week. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Smart five three pointers a night, twenty six percent. Josh Richardson three per night, thirty two percent. Even the, the the kids when they get in there, it seems like Neesmith and Pritchard are pressing now so much that I mean, I, Pritchard I was willing to write off early because I, I got to imagine the mask just was you know horrible for him. Yep. And I was a kid who played in played in the horse Grant goggles back in the day, so I never had a problem with those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, I but I know. You know, a couple of kids who had to wear goggles temporarily, or uh, even one kid. We had a kid in our high school who had to wear. It was more like the 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 Jason style hockey mask because they didn't have the clear ones and all that stuff. Like he's like, I can't see, I can't breathe. It's a mess. This is awful. So, all right, well, can let's see with Pritchard, but Neesmith just feels like feels like it's the start of his rookie year all over again, where mm-hmm. it's. I have my minutes. I got to make this happen. He comes in so hyped and fired up. And then it feels like everything's long from him off the back rim. Like he's just, you know, rising fire and, you know, probably too much behind it. So it, but it's hard because you want to say they need rhythm and attempts to or minutes and attempts to find their rhythm, but are you going to give them minutes and attempts if they're not knocking them down, because then what happens? So it's kind of this mixed bag of, well, what is our real direction and goals here? Because this is going to be hard to accomplish, 
while also trying to win games because you may need to throw some games away if that's the direction you're going. But do you need that? Or is you are we're good with Schroeder and Richardson playing those minutes? And what does that look like? So yeah, it's just messy. But the lack of shooting, it's a huge, huge problem. And it's it's a problem around the league to some extent, but it's a problem for Boston specifically, you know, like it is for a few other teams. Yeah. And especially for Boston. Like it is a it is a problem. There is like generally shooting is down. Generally free throws are down. There's, this is a, a league that has changed a bit uh, this season due to the officiating. Maybe some of it has to do with the ball. We'll see. But um, so as you were talking, I pulled up the numbers from last night. They generated 18 open, wide open, wide open three pointers. That's six plus feet away. The defender six plus feet away. 18 three pointers with no defender within six feet. They hit four. Yep. That's warm up. Quality that that's something you got to hit half of those. You're like oh, you got to hit half of those. Yeah, I mean, and that's low. Like that's just, just take your take your little rhythm dribble and just shoot it. And th- they hit twenty two percent, twenty eight point six percent of their entire offense was wide open shots, twos and threes, and they only hit thirty three point three percent, eight of twenty four from wide open shots. Even on on twos, yep. so that's just god awful. And, and the <laughs> question that I raised in in yesterday's podcast was like, where where is this going to come from? Are, are you are you going to wait till water meets its level? Like, are you going to sit there and say, look, some of these guys are just not going to shoot this poorly? Okay, Schroeder is close to his his career numbers. He might not improve very much. Josh Richardson could improve some, but he's pretty close. Throw out that that outlier 38% that he shot that one year in Miami. Yep. Since, since then, he's shooting about 34%. So he's only a couple percentage points off of that. So he's not going to get much better. Horford is way off. Tatum is way off. Even Marcus Smart, who is not the best shooter, is shooting 26% from three. That is way off. That's still 6% off of his normal shooting, which is already not good. It's yep. now. So yes, some of those guys and Pritchard and Neesmith, you'd hope that some of the, the, they find their rhythm, but here's the question. And, and, and this is like really leaning into your, your expertise with the collective bargaining agreement and stuff. There's a month before the newly signed free agents are now available to be traded. And here's Brad Stevens with some tools and some guys, maybe expiring contracts or whatever, to to fix this, in in a sense, uh, is there like what can Brad Stevens do to fix this? Other than just sitting there waiting, be like, hey, these guys are going to shoot better. We can just wait and see. Like when December fifteenth rolls around, what can what can these guys do? What can be done? Yeah, it's and it's kind of a loaded question a little bit because there is what can be done and what is he going to be allowed to do? Uh, so first is that this, this team is already, uh, well, what are they? They are about 6 million or so over the luxury tax. So clearly they went into the tax. We, I know we, I, I famously here on your show, went on a very long rant about that, but they, then they went into the tax. Now this is not me complaining. They, they, there needs to be some upper bound 
where they say we're not going to be more than 10 million into the tax or whatever it is, because the reality is you start going beyond that. You better feel pretty good that you're playing in at least the conference finals, if mm-hmm. not the NBA finals, you, you need to be nets warriors, Lakers level of we're going for it. So, so that becomes the first thing. So what is his upper barrier? Presumably he knows what that is. Maybe he can negotiate that with the owners and say, hey, can I get a little bit more? Because that'll get me player X. So I think we'll really fit or whatever it is. So there's your first, your first question is how, how much further are they able to go into the tax? After that, it becomes, all right, what, what do they have for tradable assets? Well, the good news is they have all their own first round picks. So if you wanted to invest any picks in trades, you can do that. And they've got, it's it's too much to call it salary ballast because these guys are actual rotation players, but they've got good salary matching in trades that they can use. So there's been a lot of kind of stuff out there about when can so-and-so be traded and what, what does that look like? And, and what, when, when can this happen? And those kind of things. And uh, so as you mentioned, Guys who were signed over the summer, it's December 15th for the vast majority of them. So someone like Dennis Schroeder, December 15th is when he could be traded if they wanted to go in that direction. If you wanted to do someone like Marcus Smart, because of the parameters of the extension he signed, that goes out a little longer. That's January 25th. But again, you're still about three weeks ahead of the trade deadline there. So you're still still well clear if you wanted to move Marcus Martin a trade. Robert Williams, he's trade eligible today. He's just poison pill restricted, which makes it a little harder because how it works for him is his salary only counts uh, on the one side for the Celtics at the $3.6 million he makes. And on the other side, it's going to count at about $10.3 million. That's why you don't generally see those guys traded because it's just hard. It makes it makes it messy. Can we, can we just explain that just sure. a little bit? The yeah. poison pill is... Is the when the rookie when you get an extension on the rookie contract? Yep the the outgoing value for the the receiving team is the average of all the remaining years. Correct. And but for the trading team, it's the current year. Yep. So that, that's it. why that's why the rookie extensions are are tough. And once somebody signs a rookie extension, they're basically basically untradeable. Yeah. And the idea behind that is the NBA doesn't want these guys signing these deals and turning right around and getting traded. They, right. they want them to feel like, Hey, I'm here and I'm going to be with the team. And that that's where it goes. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. I just want no, to know that's, that's no, that's a perfect question. And then the guy who comes up pretty regularly, I think because people look at his number, it's a, it's a nice number to throw into the trade machine and, and toss around in trades is Josh Richardson. Well, Josh Richardson, there's been, I think some confusion, because generally when players sign an extension, there is some form of restriction on how quickly a team can turn around and trade them. But that's only, and I won't go too deep into the weeds here, that's only if you trigger certain things with your extension. If it's beyond the parameters of an extended trade and those kind of things, that's what's going on with Marcus Smart. That's why there's the delay on what he can be traded for. In Richardson's case, he got the absolute minimum bump in pay he could get for just one year so he's trade eligible today they can trade him today at his full number there's no poison pill on that that only exists off the rookie scale extensions so in in the case of richardson they could trade him today it is 11 i want to say it's like 11.1 right uh 11.6 million um so so the the uh, longer answer or that was the longer and shorter answer is They've got a bunch of different stuff you could start putting into trades. Cause then if you started talking Neesmith, Pritchard, Langford, that's all 
those are all two to four million dollar salaries, but they start to add up. You put them in there, and you could go get yourself a twenty million dollar player with relative ease if that's where we wanted to go. Now, then, the next part of that question is who? All right, Keys and I are going to get into the TPE really in depth next. So stick around for that. First, I got to tell you about Built Bar. Everybody's going to figure out what they're bringing to Thanksgiving dinner. Why don't you bring the Built Bars? Tell them I'm bringing dessert. I'm bringing Built Bars. Now, it's better than a big slice of pie, which is like 300 plus calories. They're delicious. They're covered in chocolate, but they're low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Bring plenty for the family. You know they're going to love them. Doesn't matter if you got a nut allergy. Doesn't matter what type of flavor profile you like. They're going to have options for everybody, and they're good for the keto diet. You can go grab one of these built Bars that's somewhere between 130 to 180 calories. Only 4 grams of sugar, mostly, uh, with something like 15, 16, 17 grams of protein. It's great. Again, covered in chocolate. So they're delicious, and why not have one for dessert? So share some with your family. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Grab a bunch. You can use LOCKED15 every single time at built.com. So use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. There are new surprises all month, limited time flavors that are arriving at built.com regularly, and Black Friday coming right up. They will have a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So make sure you're using that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Locked On Bets your second listen? Your boy Q and Lee Sterling are on a heater. They have been uh, pretty good at, at calling these bets. So check them out. Maybe you can make a couple extra bucks there when you put some money down at betonline.ag. Uh, check out Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, now let's wrap up the conversation with Keith. Uh, everybody wants to know about the TPE. What can the Celtics do with it? Let's dive more into that right now. As you look at it today, and this is something we we talked about on uh, NBA Front Office Show, Trevor Lane and I did, is the playing tournament has changed the trade market considerably. So let's look at a team like the Sacramento Kings. In a normal year, you would look at them and say, hey, you're probably going to be 10th or 11th in the West. That's time to... What, what are you thinking on Harrison Barnes? What are you thinking on uh, Buddy Heald? Well, what are you looking at here and with this guy and that guy? Now, with the playing tournament, if you're the Sacramento Kings, it's like, yeah, we're going to be 10th in the West. Let's go. Like we're, That's that's a postseason game, at least for us, when we haven't sniffed anything beyond the middle of April and you know, a decade and a half coming up on. So that changes it. So it becomes who? Who are you looking at? Who are going to be those sellers? Who are going to be those players you can go get? And that's where it starts to become a little hard today as we sit here in mid-November, pre-Thanksgiving. What, what, who, who do you want? Because I can probably counter with, unless they're on the Magic, Rockets, 
Thunder uh, Pistons, it's a little hard to go say, go get that guy. Cause I'm just not sure they're going to be tradable. Right. I, I keep, I keep thinking like Terrence Ross is like the, the prime, sure. the prime, like the, it's the first guy that pops into my head makes sense for, yeah. for them to, to trade him. I think in Orlando would, move him. I, they, there's no question in my mind. I, it was when they did all their other dealing at the trade deadline. I was one of the people who tweeted out the, the Will Smith gift from the end of fresh Prince where he's walking into the open house and yeah, yeah. Left there it's gone. And I was like, that's Terrence Ross walking into the magic locker room today because yeah. all his buddies are gone. But yeah, I, I think, you know, and the good thing with a guy like Ross too is that's not a guy you're talking. Here's two first round picks. Here's, you know, Right. three young players it's pretty much matching salary and then give give the magic uh either a player or pick that's an asset so let me ask you this and it, i hate making fake trades because I, I <laughs> you and me both i'm not i'm not a big like that's just not my thing but knowing you you know that you're learning to magic a little bit um first of all what's their salary situation would they take like somebody like Wancho Hernan Gomez as you know you get off that one extra year of of um Terrence Ross to get Richardson to get um sorry Hernan Gomez you get off that that one yeah. extra year salary wise maybe you throw a second round pick like Wancho a second round pick for for Ross is that something that sounds reasonable or no yeah could, absolutely because the thing that I think gets a little forgotten is I think people think that they look at Wancho and they say, oh, he's got another second year left on his deal, but it's fully non-guaranteed. Right. So basically his deal can be, from the team's perspective, an expiring contract because they can just waive him. And in Orlando's case, that's probably what would happen because he's just not a player of need, doesn't fill a position, he's not young enough to fit their timeline. So yeah, if you, if you wanted to even do something similar to the Fournier trade where it worked out a little bit different, you could even do that and say, hey, here's Hernan Gomez that – I think that probably gets you their salary match wise. I'd have to run that math. If not, it's probably really close, but you could fill it in with a, that's where you toss a Jabari Parker and a scant or somebody into yeah. that deal. Bruno Fernando. Um, and that will definitely get you there. So what you could do is you could say, here's that. And here's two second round picks. And that's probably enough. Now, if they really wanted to push, you could say, fine, we'll do a top 20 protected first rounder or something. Cause if seconds, Ross comes in and seconds yeah, something. exactly. Converts down the line. Cause if Ross comes in and he gets you to one of the 10 best records in the league, that then you already did what you wanted to do out of that trade and you don't right. mind giving up that pick. So that's where you can get creative with that. The other thing the Celtics are sitting on as, as they were all of last year is a rather large trade exception of 17 million from mm -hmm. uh, from the Fournier sign and trade. And that is another tool that you could use much like how they acquired Fournier last year using the trade exception. They could do that again this year. Now the difference there compared to last year's last year, they did that and they weren't sitting way above the tax already. So if you're just bringing in Ross's 10, 11 million this year, that's all fully goes on unless you send some salary back. But, but if that was, if Orlando's like, we don't want to hurt on Gomez. We don't want that. We want to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's possible to happen because you could always, I mean, look at what happened in the Fournier deal. They, they ended up salary dumping Daniel Tice because that was how they were able to get around and avoid the tax. Right. So, okay. So I, I like, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that Hernan Gomez, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to, to make, I'm going to speak Hernan Gomez. I spoke Hernan Gomez into existence. <laughs> I'm going to now try to speak him out of existence on the Celtics and see if, Hernan Gomez, I like I like that idea of 
Wancho, a heavily protected first round pick, which becomes two seconds later um, for Terrence Ross. And, and, and the good thing about Terrence Ross is next year, his salary goes down if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah. it's like 12 and it goes down to 11 something. So yeah. that, that helps the Celtics as well. I think it makes sense and it's a short term thing. So he's tradable if, if you want to move off of him. So I, I, I like that target. I'm, I'm now fixated on that. You're going to have absolutely no issue with a guy like him too saying, Hey, your role is to come in and play 20 minutes a night off the bench. Right. Because that's, he's been doing that for a decade. And doing like it he, very well. Yeah. And it takes a Celtics killer off of a bad team. And you don't want to <laughs> this is also bad. true. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Let's, let's wrap this up with this TPE talk because I've brought it up. I brought it up in a Q and a, um, so I'll sort of re-ask the question about the TPE. Where I settled on it was, yes, obviously they can bring somebody in. I feel like the Celtics, you know, it, it was born from the Ben Simmons discussions. And I feel like the Celtics, not necessarily to go in and get Ben Simmons, but I feel like Brad could talk to Daryl Moore and be like, look, I know you're going to need a third team to to facilitate this. We've got $17 million, uh, uh, sitting right here. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you need somebody to help bring in a third guy to make this happen, talk to us. We'll help you get Simmons out. We'll help you get a, the players you want in, and we can take somebody into our TPE. As long as you compensate us a little bit, I feel like the TPE is not necessarily to get a player, or, I mean, obviously it can be to get a player. I feel like this is an opportunity for the Celtics to to play the game a little bit and maybe get either a young player or a good role player like like Chicago did with Daniel Tice. Can yeah. the Celtics flip that and get a good role player into the TPE from somebody that wants the salary dump because they want to get Ben Simmons? Yeah, they absolutely could. So we talked before about the challenges with Robert Williams, who they would not trade. So let's uh, I never wanted to mention that as part of a, the option because we know clearly the team loves him and we've seen what he's become. But if you're doing something with a team where you've got a weird thing like that, where the, the number is one, it's it's small on one side, big on the other side, and it got real messy for a reason like that, that's where the trade exception helps because then you don't have to match salary. You're just saying slide the guy in there. So that's the situation where that could work. Or let's just say, well, one of my favorite Ben Simmons destination from the beginning has been send him to Minnesota. Well, if, if Philly feels lukewarm on Malik Beasley coming back and they were like, we'd rather, you know, do this. And the and the other team didn't want to do it. And there was like third team Boston could even jump in there as a fourth team and say, Hey, we'll take Malik Beasley into the trade exception. Now, and I'm just using that as an example, because I don't sure. think he's an ideal perfect fit there, but yes, but absolutely that, that is, Think of it almost like how everybody loves to use the team with cap space as the third team in. It's kind of like that, except you just the only parameter you have to that you're working around there is how much luxury tax can they pay? Because this year, unlike last year, they're not hard capped. So they don't have that that enforceable upper bound of this is where it stops for you. Celtics are not hard capped. They can do that. One other thing with the TPEs, uh, just because it comes up, all of the time. Um, I'm sure you get the question just as much as I do. Yes, they have a couple others. They have a $5 million one from Kemba. They have a $9.7 million one from uh, Tristan Thompson. Right. But right. you can't 
you can't put all those together and go get yourself a $30 million player. It doesn't work that way. They have to be used separate and independently of each other. You can split them up. They, they could use that $17 million Fournier one and go get two $8 million players and, and move along that way. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but you can't, you can't, you can't aggregate them together, nor can they be aggregated with salary. You couldn't add Richardson's 11.6 with the, uh, uh, Fournier ATP and go get a $28 million player. That doesn't work either. Right. And the, and, and just to tack on one more thing that I get asked, it's also not like cash that you can spend yes. to extend a guy just because I know that, that, that does come up. Yeah. Can't sign a player with it. Yeah. Right. Can you, yeah. right. can you sign this guy with the 17 million? Can you extend Aaron Neesmith, let's say, whatever, with <laughs> yeah. this money. Like, you know, can you nope. can you give this to Dennis Schroeder? We we really want to keep Dennis yeah. Schroeder for 17 million, give him the 17. No, you cannot yeah. do that either. Nope. Um, Unfortunately, uh, yeah. It's uh it's just another tool in the toolbox that that they have. Now they could claim a player. You can use them to claim a player off waivers. So if somebody gets waived that's making enough money to fit within the TPE amount, you can do that. It's uh it's funny. I just said to someone just the other day, I said between traded player exceptions and disabled player exceptions, Celtics fans, we, we get about one more year. They'll be, they'll all be complete experts on all these exceptions. And then, then I'll be out of a job because I won't have anything to write about. Anymore, I know so. <laughs> we have been like knee deep in exceptions. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the record is for most traded player exceptions. Do they keep track of this thing? Because the uh, yeah, I can tell happen. you, OKC had uh, several large ones going into this season because they had uh, a bunch of very sizable trade exceptions from their maneuverings last year as they uh, sold off the bulk of their roster. But let's let's just I want to end it on this. This is like the Gordon Hayward thing, the Evan Fournier thing. They unlike OKC, which OKC's primary objective was we're just going to get rid of these guys. And yes, we'll create the traded player exception. Maybe we'll use it. Maybe we won't. But it's good to have the tool. But the primary objective was to move these guys out. Yep. For Hayward and for Fournier, the Cel- those guys were leaving. And the Celtics said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's do a traded player exception, which means they intentionally created these yep. tools in an effort. Like when you do that, you don't create them for nothing. You don't say like, oh, we're just going to do it because well, maybe we'll use it. It's you create that because you're you're stuck, and this is an it's a much more important tool for yeah. OPC. It was a side effect for Boston. It was an intentionally created tool. Maybe they don't use it, or maybe they don't use it all. They rarely use them all. But Boston is doing this with the intent of, hey, we have this. This is something that we're going to use, or we intend to use. Obviously, the situation needs to present itself so you can use it. You can't force it on anybody, but the Celtics intend, it seems, to use this. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Hayward one, we, uh, the, those of us who are knee deep in the cap stuff, wrote repeatedly why, if that went unused, what a disaster it would have been because then exactly. you, you created it for no reason. And I know people got hung up on the idea of now we gave up even more second round picks. When's the last time a second-round pick contributed anything on this team? It's just not It's not happening. They don't need second-round pick. And I always say this to people is, as much as everybody else, I love when a guy drafted in the 30s, 40s pops and becomes something really good, especially as a cap nerd, because that usually means you have them on a super great value contract. But there's about one or two of those every single year that that, that happens with at best, that really pops. If you're in a position where you're thinking – 
man, we need those second rounders because I need those guys to step in and contribute. You're a very, very bad team. Mm. And that's not they, – they they both, Danny Ainge and then on to Brad Stevens, both looked at this and said, I would rather have the trade exception to go acquire something that's helpful down the line, which ultimately Fournier, it didn't work out the way everybody helped. Thought, hoped it would, but I think it was fine. And then they used the rest to get Richardson, and then they created a new one uh, to to get uh, to to when Fournier left. So you're kind of sitting here looking at it as, all right, maybe we're we're kicking the can down the road a little bit here, and we're gonna keep keep rolling these over until we figure it out. But I think in in a lot of ways, that's the best way to do business. You you don't want to be in a position where you're just losing players for absolutely nothing. If you're gonna lose the player, which in both cases they were, it was all right, how do we at least turn this into something we could use down the line? They did with Hayward. I think they will again with the Fournier one. I don't think it'll go unused. It doesn't mean it'll get used at the trade deadline. It may be in the offseason, but if it is, it is. That, that's where it is. All right. That's a good place to leave it. Hey, we actually pulled off a half-hour podcast. Oh, man. How about that? <laughs> That's what happens when I'm not mad and fired up and ranting about owners and effort and everything else. So, And another <laughs> thing, uh, Keith, really appreciate you coming on, dropping some of that expertise. A lot of people talking about that trade stuff, so thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, always fun to have Keith on. Hope you uh, enjoyed that podcast there. This is the Friday show. Friday night, Celtics, Lakers. Saturday night, Celtics, Thunder. I'm going to be covering it all on the Monday Locked On Celtics podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you can get it. You can play it in the morning when you wake up, take a shower on your way to work, wherever. Or you can watch the show every morning at 7 a.m. I'm going to be posting these on YouTube. Watch it instead of whatever you're watching in the morning. This is definitely more interesting than whatever's on the news. You know, that's depressing. This will be fun. Well, I shouldn't say that. Celtics have not been <laughs> all that happy, but I'm going to make you feel good about it. Uh, so subscribe and share the podcast. If you're a regular listener, a regular subscriber, tell your friends, hey, when you go to Thanksgiving, spread the word. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.